KCSB FM Santa Barbara 91.9. This is Inside Isla Vista. I'm Clarissa Hom with KCSB News. This is the show that shares what's happening in and around Isla Vista and the UC Santa Barbara community. On tonight's show, Munger Hall. Since UCSB's announcement of their plans for the new dormitory, Munger Hall has been coined Dormzilla, and some have called it an experiment on students. The dormitory seeks to increase the number of beds that the university provides, but designs show that this will come at the expense of student well-being. You'll hear more from Mark Alfred, a writer for the Daily Nexus, about the concerns that have been raised over Munger Hall. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Um, please go ahead and introduce yourself. So I'm Mark. I'm the university news editor at the Daily Nexus here at UC Santa Barbara. So today we're going to be talking about Munger Hall, an issue that's been going on at the university for a while now. So talk us through a little bit of the history. Sure. So Munger Hall, the concept first started for it nearly 10 years ago in emails between uh, Chancellor Henry Yang and Charles Munger, who's the Berkshire Hathaway vice president and billionaire philanthropist who's going to fund some of the hall. And for years, they discussed the possible design and what a possible dormitory at UC Santa Barbara would look like. And in 2016, they announced a partnership where Munger would fund two large dormitories that would take the place of the Channel 5 Island residence halls. So in 2016, um, Munger and Yang announced at a UC Regents meeting that Munger would be helping financing two massive dormitories on the UC Santa Barbara campus that would be mostly windowless, which is to say that individual student bedrooms would have artificial windows as uh, Munger described them. And that was a little controversial at the time, but after the UC Regents meetings, nothing was announced about those two dormitories and they were eventually completely scrapped and redesigned In 2021, the university announced that the partnership was sort of back on and that Munger's dorm would now be one 11-story building on campus uh, further inland, and it would hold over 4,500 students and 11 stories. In 2021, they announced that the dormitory would be further inland and one 11-story building that would host over 4,500 students. And that announcement came as a surprise to the campus community as a whole. Um, Plenty of county planning officials, county supervisors, um, review officials on the university's own team. And it was instantly met with a lot of backlash because of its windowless design, which would have small individual, I think seven by 10 bedrooms. And it saw the largest protest uh, march of hundreds of students through campus that I've ever seen uh, in my time at UCSB and just lots of media backlash and uh, backlash from architects across the country and the resignation of one of the university's own members of the design team, Dennis McFadden, 
in protest of the project. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's like a big part of it as well is that architects aren't being able to take the lead kind of in this project, right? It's all about Munger himself. Yeah, so Munger, who doesn't have any formal architectural training, really insisted that the university make it individual rooms and because of that, artificial windows. And that's something that's been a part of the design since at least 2016. Okay, so uh, you've been following this story about Mungerhoff for a while. Um, and since the beginning, like you said, there's pretty much been backlash from the students and backlash from the community. So it's obvious that they're going to ne be needing changes to the design and not so much changes to the marketing, which I think has been their approach so far. Have you seen their marketing approaches like the walkthrough mock-ups making any changes in the community opinion? Uh, sure. So the mock-up you referenced has been, uh, it's in a warehouse located just off campus that I think they purchased in 2016. And they've been using that for several years in secret to sort of feel out what the design should be. And they've had a few community members go on private tours. And since they've been happening, the school has been reporting that uh, positive impressions of the dorm have gone up, but I still don't think approval of the design as is from people who have walked through and reported on it, I just still don't think approval's over 50%. Yeah. One of the things that they've done is allowed the independent review panel to look at the plans and designs. Um, talk about who this committee is and kind of what they have reviewed. Sure. So last year, after all of the initial backlash against the design, Chancellor Yang approved an independent review panel, which is 15 members of the community and UCSB faculty and UCSB student government who spent, I think, five months going through and getting feedback and analyzing design. And what they found is that uh, the design as is needs sweeping changes in order to be healthy for students. They cited, cited physical safety, psychological well-being, the comfort of student residents, concern about the small windowless bedrooms, the extraordinary population density, lack of a dining hall, concerns related to COVID, impact on campus culture, vulnerability and safety emergencies and evacuations. It's a lot of concerns about the current design. And the initial response from the Munger Hall design team is that they are going to be adding some windows in the suites that connect the student bedrooms. Mm -hmm. And that's about all they've said in terms of design changes. A few months ago, they announced that the entire structure would be two stories lower, and meaning they would cut two residential floors, bring the total number down to 3,500 students who would live there. And the big change the thing that prompted that big change was the Federal Aviation Administration disallowing them from having an 11-story building that close to the airport. And that was sort of running up against an obstacle that they just can't get around. So that's, mm -hmm. I believe, what prompted that large change. Mm -hmm. 
The changes that you said were uh, the windows in some of the bedrooms. And then that's the thing. It's not windows in the bedrooms. It's windows <laughs> in the suites that connect the bedrooms. It's still, oh, wow. It's still, yeah, it's, they didn't even mention the windowless bedrooms in their initial response to wow. the findings. And they said they're going to be looking into more changes, but we really don't know what that'll look like. And okay. the response from them and from Chancellor Yang is that they welcome all the feedback and they want the community input, but we haven't really seen that manifest in any significant changes that I think would appease the campus community as a whole. Interesting. You talked about this area where they're having the mock-ups as the warehouse, right? And this is going to be the place where they're actually going to build it if it does get built. Uh, it's a different location. Oh, uh, sorry. They're planning, it'll be the current faculties management center, sort of near the police station, Harder Stadium mm-hmm. on campus. And in order to facilitate the moving of that, for what was supposed to be a slate of normal student and faculty apartments that they had planned and that appeared on budget documents from like 2011 until 2019. They bought the warehouse in Goleta and that was their initial plan was to move the faculty management to that warehouse. But a few years into owning the warehouse, they switched what its purpose was and they made it a mock-up of the Munger Hall residence. I see. Okay, so once they start building, or if they start building in the current plans, it'll be um, sort of a reorganization of the campus. Is that right? A little bit, yeah. They'll have to move all the bungalows and buildings in that area and really do a lot of redevelopment on that land in order to build sort of a skyscraper there. Interesting. I don't know if you want to talk about like your personal opinion at all. Do you want to get into that? Um, I would just say that this is something that's going to shape the campus for decades to come. And I just think it's really important that the student community and faculty and everybody here just has an informed view of the whole project and stays involved and voices their opinions, good or bad. Awesome. So talk about how they'll be funding uh, Munger Hall. Sure. So in 2016, Munger pledged $200 million to build the two dormitories that were planned at the time. But that in no way manifested itself as a real donation. And while Munger has funded the operations at the mock-up and other planning, the amount he's actually going to donate for this project estimated to be about $1.4 billion is still completely unknown. He could donate a few million or he could donate all of it. And that's really the biggest unknown when it comes to this project and could lead insight into the university's motivations for pursuing it. I mean, if he funded the whole thing, $1.4 billion, that would be nearly equivalent to all of the donations given to the campus in the last 20 years. It would blow away every other donation made. And that's really something that could be lucrative for the university because building housing is expensive and state funding for housing 
and the university's budget hasn't kept pace, kept pace with the need to build new housing. This dormitory is going to cost more than it costs the school to run itself for an entire year. So that just shows the cost of the project as a whole. Yeah, that's actually something pretty interesting that you brought up because it's so difficult and expensive to build housing and they, they have like this looming deadline with the long range development plan. Uh, sure, it's definitely an advantage for the school to have a significant amount of donor funding. Other housing related projects that they pursued, like a redevelopment of the historic apartments in Santa Inez that they were going to demolish and then rebuild with new apartments were scrapped because of budget problems and because they just didn't have the financing for it. So it'll definitely be helpful for them to have some donor funding to rely on. Interesting. Is there is there anything else that you wanted to discuss today? Uh, no, that's all. Thank okay. you so much for having me on. Yeah, thank you for coming. You're listening to Inside Isla Vista. I'm Clarissa Hom with KCSB News. Today, we're talking about the community's concern over Munger Hall. That was Daily Nexus writer Mark Alfred on new developments concerning Munger Hall. You'll hear more from Emeritus Professor of Sociology, Dick Flax, on some of the environmental concerns surrounding Munger Hall. Welcome to the show. Please introduce yourself. So I'm Dick Flax. I'm a Emeritus Professor of Sociology at UCSB. I'm chair of the coalition we call Sustainable University Now, SUN, which is a, a group of environmental organizations that have been working with the UCSB administration for about a decade to make sure that they keep their promises to mitigate the effects of the campus growth uh, with respect to many things, uh, many impacts that that growth have including the impact on the housing market. And we are uh, able to say that with respect to many things like traffic and air pollution and energy use and water use, UCSB has done a pretty good job of uh, accommodating and doing what they need to do to uh, take account of the growth in the student body. But the housing issue is the opposite. Uh, very large scale, I would say, failure on the part of the campus administration to fulfill promises that they made. And their agreement with us and with the county of Santa Barbara and the city of Goleta, they promised to build uh, enough housing to uh, enable 5,000 students to live on campus who weren't, there weren't accommodations for before and also uh, 1,840 uh, units of faculty and staff housing were in their, uh, in their plan or their promise to develop. All of this is supposed to be done by 2025. And very little, I would say, of, of that has been accomplished. Part of the reason is uh, the, that there's a crisis. A big part is that the campus enrollment has grown much faster than what was planned. 
the legislature really has insisted that you see statewide uh, grow the student body so that more uh, disadvantaged students can can be admitted, uh, that there'd be enough space for in-state students who are eligible to come to the university to get in, which is an admirable goal, but they didn't at the same time, the legislature didn't provide the, you know, the resources for, for those students who that increase in the student body to be, to be taken care of, especially with respect to housing. And my organization, Sun Coalition, have been um, concerned with trying to make sure that some progress is really made uh, on that front. So Munger Hall was the UCSB answer to this in terms of student housing. You know, the offer that he made was to help fund and develop a dormitory that originally was going to house about 4,500 students that really would in terms of accommodation have met the need that they promised to fulfill. The design of Munger Hall was was the was his idea. And yeah. that design has become super con- controversial. Munger Hall, as you said, it's been a big controversy. It could be like a big solution, but the university is sort of keeping us in the dark about a lot of stuff about it. So the Sun Coalition, as I understand, they're waiting on public records access. Is that right? Well, we asked for uh, a lot of documents, uh, uh, do- the, the, the documents that lie behind the, the the planning process. I'll give you a few examples of what is needed and what they've not been forthcoming about. Um, well, what is the nature of the arrangement with Munger? That's a complete secret. Uh, how much money is he actually providing? If it's too, he has made a gift, he, but is the gift made or just promised? How contingent is that gift? And the gift is for $200 million or something, but the project design would cost a billion dollars more than that. And where is that financing coming from? We are told that he has promised to help finance the whole thing, arrange the financing, but that's so we want the documentation of these promises. Uh, there are other there are other projects that we are concerned that the university go forward with. Uh, there's a major faculty housing project called Ocean Road, uh, which would build 540 faculty and staff uh, units, some of them rental, some of them uh, like condominium style. This would be a great thing if they could build it. But in order to build it, it would happen in several stages. And it requires moving the student health services from where that, that building now is. And, and, and we asked for the do- some of the documents we want are, you know, what's the plan? What is the real timetable for Ocean Road? What is the uh, likely cost to the people who are going to live in Ocean Road of those apartments and so forth? These, you know, th- these are information that is public, uh, public information. The university is a public institution, and yet they have not been uh, giving us any of this. And yeah. we're not the only ones. I know the Nexus 
has asked for the similar kinds of documents uh, other media have, and they haven't been forthcoming. This is not good. I, I mean, I was a faculty member uh, in the social department for 50 years almost. I have a great love for this campus, and I don't think this is good for the university, this kind of secretiveness and uh, lack of uh, transparency about these kinds of plans. It's not good for the university, um, and yet that's what they're doing. And so that's not a small question. And it's not that we're against any of that. We just would like to know the timetable because here's the problem. Um, the, the longer there's not enough housing on campus to meet the, the student needs or the staff needs for housing, these same people, the students and the faculty and staff, are in the same housing market as everyone else who lives in Santa Barbara. And that's the price of housing in this community is already at the top of the national scale of housing costs. We're a very expensive community. And the more pressure there is on that market from students and faculty, the more pressure there is on the price of housing, the price of rents, the price of buying housing, all of that is is really beyond what it should be. It's very, very unjust situation. So uh, the university promised to really help the community by building the stuff that I've been talking about, and yet they've been unable to do it. And it's some something of a mystery why they haven't. Yes. So Munger Hall obviously is a super ambitious project. And like you said, rent is really rising and skyrocketing. Have they released any documents or said anything about what pricing it would be to live at Munger Hall for students? I don't think there's any exact figures. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll just make one comment about that, that that students will understand. Munger was, Hall is designed by Munger not to have a food plan. Uh, instead, there are kitchens uh, where students are supposed to prepare their own food, not, uh, and, and you're supposed to buy the food at a supermarket, which would be located in the first floor of Mungo Hall. Wow. So um, that's, you could see, say that the lack, the fact that you don't have to pay for a food plan in advance might be a, a cost saving for or uh, the students who are there, but you still have to eat. And uh, the and the report uh, that just came out a couple of weeks ago really criticizes this food arrangement of students cooking themselves because the the design right now is for these kitchens to be available for each house in Munger Hall. Well, each house has sixty four students living in the house. And the kitchen is this giant room, eight stoves, eight refrigerators, eight washing machines, I mean, dishwashing machines. And just the thought of numbers of students at the same time trying to prepare food just doesn't compute. You just can't imagine that this would be a feasible design. The report says at least you have to have the kitchens. Each house consists of eight suites. And each suite has eight students in it. And there are common rooms for each suite. So the report says 
you should have a much more decentralized kitchen arrangement so that a small number of students would have access to what they need to prepare food. Personally, I think I don't see how you can run a dormitory without a dining facility that would, yeah. make, you know, and that's not provided in Munger's uh, plan. You know, the problem here is boils down to this in terms of the design. This is a very 97 year old, and I'm not against aging people. I'm very old myself, but not that old, but 97 year, year old guy uh, <laughs> wants to design a living accommodations for 18 year old students right. without asking them how they feel about it. You know, this to me is just unreal. Uh, can't be done. And uh, uh, he thinks it would be great for kids to learn how to cook their own food. Well, probably it is, but is this the best way? Is yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, so yeah. I don't know. I mean, the the report that I'm talking about mm-hmm. does have an analysis of the affordability, and I think it concludes that it's not more affordable. A Munger Hall will not be mm-hmm. more affordable for students than current dormitory arrangements. I don't know how it would compare to uh shared apartment in in isla vista i don't know the answer to that i saw that the nexus reported that you were planning to take on a lawsuit against the university have you guys gone forward with that with the sun coalition well the lawsuit that we uh we are actively discussing has to do with with the freedom of information public records concerns and um uh i'm not sure we we haven't made a final uh, decision we're waiting for our lawyers to figure this out um, uh, you know and the whole vacation covid between covid and vacation time uh, things were slowed down so i think we'll have to make that decision in the next couple of weeks hopefully um, the city of galita and the county of santa barbara are suing UCSB because of their failure to do the housing uh, promises that they have made. And those suits are in court. I don't know what the, what the situation is with those suits. Uh, and I don't know, I think what, what those government entities would say if you said, well, what, what, are, what, is, what do you hope the suits will get you? I think they'd say what we want is a definite timetable for the completion of UCSB housing promises. And I told you what they were at the beginning, housing all the you know thousands of students on campus and housing a very substantial number of faculty and staff uh, also in on university property in in the area of Isla Vista. That would have many benefits because it would mean people wouldn't have to commute, uh, would reduce automobile use, uh, people could walk to their jobs. Um, it would be uh, great strengthening of the whole community as well as helping the housing market. If, if you really could build 1800 family housing units for the university, that that's a great that would be a historic size housing development for our region. It would be an incredibly great contribution. That's why these groups supported uh, the university's growth 
they, they said, well, we need to grow the student body, but in return, the community will benefit from this housing plan. And that's the, that's the problem. They haven't delivered it. So those lawsuits are about that. In terms of being able to improve the housing situation for students and plans for Munger Hall, where do you see this going in the future? And what would you like to see the university do? Well, there's uh, two two ways to answer that. They're sort of inter, interlocking. One is um, that the environmental, you know about the environmental studies class. So this class in environmental studies uh, is a class on planning. And the faculty person there um, decided that a great project for that class would be to critically review Munger Hall as, as Munger designed it and then develop an alternative. And so at the end of the spring quarter in Campbell Hall, the class presented this very detailed alternative plan for housing more than 5,000 students. And it involves smaller, a number of different sites for housing students on campus and in Isla Vista. And in the original plan the university put forward when they uh, declared their intention to grow, those the sites that this environmental studies class identified are in that original plan. So it isn't like they invented new, new locations. The, the, we know what land could be used for, for these alternative dormitories. They would be smaller in scale, each of them, of course, and they would uh, be scattered in terms of location and they would be more they'd have their windows and they'd have the, the size bedrooms that would be normal uh you know it would fit in the university's done some very good dormitory development over the years it would simply be to do what they've done in the past uh, uh on these sites that already are known that's that's where that's where uh i would hope they would go now um, the problem with that they they would say is where do they get the funding for that? Here's the billionaires offering them funding that they don't have to go into debt to, to use. But I don't think it's 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 not an insurmountable problem to fund new dormitories in the more conventional way without depending on the billionaires' philanthropy. Um, housing, you know, housing you borrow to build housing, but it pays for itself. The people who live in the housing pay pay the rent for it, pay pay the, the dorm costs for it. So they get the money back eventually that they had to invest. They, they you know, the, the university needs to answer, and maybe they will if there are these lawsuits, they may have to answer in court why they didn't go ahead with the original plans. Uh, the Nexus reporter, Mark, he yeah. did a great job of, he wrote a piece about what the plans had been originally for dormitory development. Yeah, and I that, saw that. That was a great reporting. And it, it just it really confirms what I'm saying. There are alternatives that are actually in file drawers at the university that they can pull out for this. Um, that's what I think. And, and I was gonna add that the re, this report, which people should get hold of, online, I think it's available, does lay out different criteria for what would be a healthy 
safe dormitory setup. And, and I think it leads in the same direction that the environmental studies students found, which is a smaller set of, of, of several dormitory buildings and probably uh, ones that have dining facilities Mm -hmm. And parking. Parking, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I know we didn't have like as much time as usual. No, I think this is good. I'm glad you're covering this. And <laughs> uh, and I hope that people uh, are activated. Students are, if students weigh in yeah. on this stuff, they're going to have an effect because they are the consumers who the university depends upon to live in the housing. And the fact that what the report says is student voices must be heard in the planning of dormitories. I second that motion. I completely agree with you. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Just like with the um, environmental studies class, like if students are able to put in their input, I think the plan would be much improved. That's, that's, it's, it's, it's obvious. It's essential that that has to happen. All right. Thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you, Clarissa, for having me, and uh, good luck. Good luck to you, too. We're talking about Munger Hall this week on Inside Isla Vista. I'm Clarissa Hom with KCSB News. You've been listening to Inside Isla Vista. Thanks for tuning in Wednesdays at 5 p.m. to find out what's happening in and around Isla Vista. I'm Clarissa Hom. Our theme music is Siesta by Jawser. This is 91.9 FM KCSB.